welcome to our first ever episode of Boncourt Sports Talk. It's going to happen every Tuesday and Thursday. This is your host, Cass, with my fellow host, Daka. We got some awesome topics for you guys. Daka, you want to highlight our three topics of the day? So we're going to start off with, at least in my opinion, probably both of our opinions, the biggest news, Deshaun Watson's six-game suspension. Oh, yeah, for sure. We're going to well, follow that up with... Uh, wait, the second ahead. one's pretty crazy, Yeah, because yeah, the second one's right up there with it, and it just happened. Uh, the Padres' entire trading fiasco, including Juan Soto from the Nats. Juan That's Soto insane. to the Padres. And then we will recap UFC 277 and see what's next for each fighter. But we got some more, obviously. Uh, yeah. Important news to deal with first. So uh, let's start off with the Deshaun Watson news. Um, crazy shit. He is suspended for six games. And I'm going to read off what the uh, the case and the review done by, uh, I don't know what this guy's first name is, Robinson. He, he works for the NFL. He was kind of reading the case against Watson. This is what he said. He said, the details of the behavior Robinson found the league to have proved are disturbing. From the way Watson solicited the massages to the unusually small size of the towel he insisted on using to cover himself during those massages. Uh, Robinson found the four women in question convincing based on circumstantial. So basically they found Deshaun Watson uh, damn essentially near guilty. guilty. Yeah, but like he's been obviously not actually uh, yeah. called for being guilty. I don't know. There hasn't been a ruling yet, but based on some of that uh, evidence that Robinson found, uh, the commissioner made a ruling, which was six-week suspension. How do you feel about him getting only six weeks? Me personally, I like I've seen a few of the clips of just him answering some questions. It, the dude could not look any more guilty, man. Like, it, and again, all those details, like, like the small towel and all that. It's just weird that many different masseuses. Him being the only person to have that problem. Uh, I always I don't want to get too much into the politics of it. As a as a sports fan, I'm just excited to see him back at like for football. But yeah, granted, in the real world, like. <laughs> Calvin Ridley got suspended for a whole season for $1,500. Like, come yeah, on, bet, man. $1,500, I think, on fantasy football or some shit. Yeah. Like and I think he got fined, too. And then Deshaun Watson didn't even get fined and a six-game ban. Yeah, now, now, in regards to Calvin Ridley getting suspended, at first I completely agreed with it because I know – I don't know if you guys know about this, uh, but in the NBA, I think there was a referee in 2007 or 2008 who was caught gambling on games. Mm-hmm. And when you're an insider like that, whether you're a player or a referee, I mean, that's – you're going to be printing money if you take advantage of that. So the leagues just don't want any of that. They don't want any any legal trouble with that. Uh, so they ban it. And so with Ridley, I was like, okay, whatever. That makes sense. You know, I love Ridley. I want to see him on the field. He was going to have a great career and just kind of derailed it. But it makes sense. And now Watson only gets six when they have, like, pretty conclusive evidence based on this case uh, that the NFL was conducting against Robinson. And here's the thing, though. You might be saying, like, okay, well, they don't have cold hard evidence that, uh, you know, he violated the league's personal conduct policy, right? Mm-hmm. By engaging in, in uh, you know, sexual assault. Okay, maybe they don't have conclusive cold hard uh, ruling on that. Yeah. But what they do have is a cold hard ruling that his behavior undermines the integrity of the NFL. And that's against the NFL rules. That's it's that's like literally a rule weird. that's suspendable. This whole situation's been like it. There hasn't been a single thing normal about it. Yeah, from I don't I don't remember how many allegations he had. What was it like sixty or some shit like that? Yeah, I think it was like twenty six total. I think ended up being oh. twenty six total women. I don't know. 
I don't yeah, know. It could have been. I don't even know if there are more allegations, but I know there were twenty-six the NFL interview, women. The NFL interviewed twelve of the twenty-four women who were suing Watson. So there were. Yeah. It might have been more, but twenty-four were suing. Yeah. Um, for uh, damages in civil court and relied for its conclusions on the, excuse me, testimony of four therapists. So the NFL was was really going in on this, and yeah, they they concluded that at least a six game suspension would be enough. Uh, but he's not getting fined. Uh, anything from his salary. And he's coming back after six weeks. I don't understand that. I think he should be gone for longer, honestly. Yeah, when it, if it comes down right. to that stuff, yeah, it, you would assume after all that, he should be gone for a lot longer. Um, however, you know, I, I, there, again, isn't it still like not completely concluded? Like there could be an extension to that. There's, there's no way he's innocent. Yeah, no, I fully don't believe he's innocent. No, don't get me wrong. He's, not, he's guilty. Well, it, like, just the thing, it's not, at, at this point in the case, it's not about believing anymore. I'm telling you, the, the NFL has already found that, you know, he was asking for smaller towels to, to, to not cover his, his general area as much. Disgusting, like, behavior like that. Uh, they already found uh, evidence of him saying certain things that are uh, connected to sexual assault. So, although they don't, you know, they don't have a video recording of things that happened, they have evidence of of the things that were said and the things that he requested. So, it's 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 there, man. It's he was he was weird. He was really weird. He's a fucking I, creep. I didn't see a single thing like the nothing about the way he's answering it, responding to it, all that seemed innocent. You know what I mean? Like you yeah. can watch him, the way he's reacting, the way he's responding. It, dude. There is nothing about that that is innocent. Not a single thing. Yeah. Um. Well, um, anyway, in regards to fantasy football. Uh, yeah, I would fantasy stay away and from Deshaun Watson. I would stay away from Deshaun Watson. Uh, for all you fantasy football fans, I would um, look elsewhere and draft another quarterback. Don't because that on six games could be that six games could be a lot longer. It's than not. Six games. It's it's not a guaranteed six games. Yeah. It could be more honestly. However, Wait. however, a little bit of a hot take here. If it is only six games, I was looking uh-huh. at the Browns' schedule. I was looking at. Of course, the standings. It is the AFC and all that. Uh-huh. The Brown, the Browns in their first six games play the Panthers, the Jets, the Steelers, the Falcons. So those are our first four, and then they have the Chargers and the Patriots. I personally think if Deshaun Watson only gets suspended for six games, I know this is gonna upset one of our boys because he's a diehard Ravens fan, but uh, I think the Browns could win the division. I don't. I do. I disagree. I think that even if Deshaun Watson comes back after six games, plays on that seventh game, yeah, I don't think he's going to be as good as he was when he was an MVP candidate a couple years ago. Uh, not at all. I mean, this is this is obviously a stressful situation. Yeah. And you know, when you're guilty of something like that, I can only imagine how much it fucks with your mental. There's no way he's going to come back and just be as good as at a position that requires so much mental focus he's not going to be able to focus i mean who has he been training recently as 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 much as he should be like yeah, he's in training even camp with them he's been he's been doing that they've seen a lot you've seen a lot of like videos and clips about him training with a bunch of people even training with like just, col- college guys justin fields um i forgot who else i don't yeah, i don't think there's a single way his mental could be in the right spot for him to be anywhere near uh where he was a few years ago when he was dominating the league with the texans um, um, i know he has a better roster around him but I don't think he's going to be that good. Like, there's just no way. I don't know. I think if he comes back, I genuinely think he's he's not dealt with a lot more, but he's dealt with, he's dealt with like, 
uh, when it comes to like getting your getting attention out of your head, getting uh, the crowd out of your head, getting a bunch of shit out of your head. I think when it comes to playing football, he he can lock everything out of there and he's playing. But on the other hand, even if he's just a little bit worse, I'm honestly banging on him to be just as good. Uh, I mean, he led a, probably a very not shitty Texas team. It was a pretty solid Texas team, but he's getting a much better team right now. Again, like you said, you don't know if he's going to be the same player or not, but he's also getting yeah. the best running back duo he's ever gotten ever Yeah. Uh, in Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. He does have Amari Cooper. He has a chance to develop Donovan Peoples-Jones. I think David Njoku is a great fit for him. Uh, I was hoping they'd sign another receiver, to be honest, but I don't know. I It's yeah. a perfect situation for him. I just I don't see him. Tw- I don't know, man. I could I could potentially somehow see twelve wins. Um, I don't know. I don't think he's gonna be as good, but we'll 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 have to see what happens. That's if that's if he comes back and they don't extend that suspension for, you know, further evidence being, uh, unraveled. But yeah, of course. I do wanna move us over to the next crazy topic. This just happened. Even more recently than the Deshaun Watson. We couldn't believe it. We literally couldn't believe it. I I wake up and I see that Juan Soto is already on a different team. And it's the San Diego Padres. What? With Tatis and Machado and Hosmer. And are you talking about that that Padres who's already... already Hosmer's gone. Hosmer's gone. But they still got Cronenworth and they got Josh Bell with them. And, And yeah, you know, first baseman Josh Bell, he's batting 300 this year. You know, he's... That's not a shabby addition either to come in with with Juan Soto from the Nationals. Uh, they did, you know, they, the Padres did lose some youth. Uh, so whether Soto, you know, is going to be a rental, I know he's already, a, I think he's averaging twenty nine million a year right now for that four hundred forty million dollar contract, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, he's coming in and they don't have much youth anymore. Soto himself is young, but they got to win. Now they got to win. And their odds I mean, yeah. on sports books right now, I think, are a thousand one hundred plus a thousand one hundred to uh, win yeah, the yeah. series this year. How do you feel about that? I honestly think that's good value if they could get their string. I mean, it's not even that they just signed players; they signed the best closer, or not the best closer, but one of the best closers in baseball, in Josh Hader. They just traded for him too, so like mm. they're they're getting all cylinders. Yeah, they lost Eric Cosmer, well. but they replaced him with the. Yeah, exactly. And then they have they did lose, and they have uh, Shawmanea as well, um, but. The, to have a much better closer now, and then also to have uh, you get rid of your first baseman Eric Hosmer, and now you got Josh Bell at first baseman. I'm I'm finally getting rid of Eric Hosmer. I don't I don't really care for that much about him at that point. Like their team is so good, they did get rid of a lot of young guys, but they got. I mean, they have look at their young core now. Manny Machado is 29 years old, not too young, but you also got Fernando Tatis, who's like what 23, 24 years old, and now Juan Soto, who's uh 23, 24 years old. Yeah, I mean, come on. That team, that team is, and it, yeah, yes, they're in a tough yeah, division. Profar just second best, the lead. best team. Exactly. Yeah, Profar, Direction Profar is insane. He's still there. Exactly. Their team is unreal. I can't even think of their line. What's their batting lineup going to look like? I I don't know who's going to lead. Probably like the leadoff is probably going to be like Soto because he gets on base so much, right? I don't know if Soto clean cleans up. I would. Mm, right. You could. It, it would make it sense for Profar. Maybe like, Tatis or Machado to be third or fourth, maybe. I mean, honestly, I wouldn't even. I actually, I don't even see a problem with it. So, so being in that three or four, because just because just because of the guys they have, I can see him at two, three, or four. Just because if you do have two guys on base and you have Soto coming up, you have to throw to him now. You cannot walk him, because then if you mm-hmm. walk him, you're gonna load the bases with Josh yeah, Bell coming behind him. him. 
Well, that's the thing, though. When, when Soto has actually been thrown at this year, when he's not eating up walks, he actually hasn't been, like, that insane. Yeah, he's, uh, had, a, he's had a much worse year. Well, I, I, don't but, know, um, I don't know if people will even mind throwing him that much right now. I think uh, where he thrives is getting on base by any means, and I, that's why I would lead him off. But, I mean, that just might be. I do, yeah, I do, I do agree with the fact that he does thrive when it comes to getting on base. Like he, he has such a good eye for the ball in the in the zone. But, but I don't, I completely disagree with the whole like them not being afraid to throw to him. It's very similar to Vladimir Guerrero. With him and Juan Soto, they started off very poorly this year, especially for their standard. Um, and Vladdy even ended up making the All Star game, and then Juan Soto ended up winning the home run derby. Like, I, I don't think people are afraid to throw to him as much. But uh, he could have gotten a little bit antsy early. I don't know. You look at his numbers from the other years. I mean, come on. That, they're much, and they're much better. I will exactly. say that. And he's, he's never and he, been a crazy homer guy. I mean, he, But he's still 23. He is and, still 23. I know and he's it, definitely an extra base hit guy. So You look at Cabrera during his prime. He was putting up like 30 homers, and he was still one of the best batters in the league. So you don't need like that much. Soto's unique, man. I don't know. His comparisons yeah. to Ted Williams, I, I think they're still premature. Uh, people are like, he's a demigod. He's the forebearer of fucking ted williams and blah 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 like dude i get it i get how good he is i get what his skill set is but let's just see in the playoffs right now at 23 years old uh, he's been in the league this is his fifth year let's see what he does in the playoffs this year with a team i mean he's already won the world series okay but let's see what he does this year yeah it is it is a big year for them uh they're obviously they're in a very tough division to be fair but um because the reason i'm saying the reason i'm creating this sort of ultimatum for soto is because he has not been putting up good splits this year for Juan Soto. Stand, stand. Yeah, but it's still a bad year. It's just one bad year for now. I mean, yeah, obviously we could say, like, what, what does that lead to the next year and the year 100 after. games into the season. Yeah, that I, I understand that. He's still batting around 250, 246 right now. It's it's not the greatest, Uh, but he he has 20, 21 home runs. He had 29 last year batting 313. Like, he still has 50 games, around 50 yeah. games to get another couple home runs to actually match what he had last year with home runs at least. And he already has 91 walks as opposed to 145 last year. His uh his 2019 year he had 108 walks. He's already about to pass that. So the guy yeah. the guy's getting walked a lot more this year. But again, his I numbers just, are I'm, going I'm a starting bit I'm I'm starting to wonder whether you know his niche is just getting walked and getting on base, which is not a bad niche to have by any means. Yeah. But the reason they compared him to Ted Williams was because they're like he can do that, but he'll also punish you if you're not walking him. And I'm like, right now, he's not really doing that as much. I want to see him be able to have not just a niche as someone who's going to get on base, but someone who can really punish you. And I just haven't seen that from him this year. So I want to see if he does it with the Padres this last third of the season and in the playoffs. I really do want to see yeah. that. I honestly think it's just an anomaly year when it comes to the whole him not him not cracking as much as he usually does, although he probably will match his home run total. Could even surpass, if he has a great end of the season, could even surpass his uh, – career high home run total but uh in a season but other yeah. than that i mean yeah i don't know it, the whole the whole idea of him only having a niche for the walk thing I, that's i think that's completely false again i just think it's an anomaly year but at the same time that is like i'm not saying it's the truth i, I just want yeah, 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 to prove it to me and that's yeah but of course past years obviously give us something we want to see more uh this year and especially the upcoming year uh, plus he's gonna have a lot more people on base uh, with the Padres than he has in the Nats. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, we will. Um, last year, man, Tatis was such a monster. 42 home runs, 282 on the bat, 
about a hundred RBIs. I can't wait till he comes back later. This yeah, month, man. I I love that guy, man. That guy's I honestly prefer him over Vladdy and Soto. Yeah. All right. Well, Padres are a team to keep an eye on. Uh, now in the in their league, and man, I really want them to go to the, the World Series. Now I really think they can. I think they have a chance to win it. So I'm really excited for that. Um, I want to see a series between them and the Dodgers in the playoffs. Yeah, that, yeah. That, when is that coming up? Like the fifth of August, where they play each other. They yeah, they play each other literally three days. It's gonna be amazing. Yeah, make sure you guys watch those Padres Dodgers games for sure. All right, I do want to transition us over into the recap of UFC two seventy seven. Last Saturday we had, in my opinion, so you know highest tier is always S tier. I would place this card on the A tier. That's what yeah, I. Yeah. It was good, yeah. especially because of the main card. I don't want to go as low as to say B tier because I think the car, the main car was just so good. You can't say B tier for a car like yeah, that. Yeah, it was it's just a little so unfortunate with some things, but this this was such a great card. And on top of that, it was so like under talked about because the name value wasn't as high. But yeah. I mean, come on, man, that was a great card. Um, let's talk about the main card. I want to talk about the main card. Run that. We usually start from the bottom. Let's start from the top this time. Amanda Nunes, Juliana Pen- Pena. Uh, the headliner fight. Amanda takes it by unanimous decision. What a performance. First Could two rounds. Imagine? Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, well, I was just going to re- quickly recap it. First two rounds, you had yeah. Amanda on her feet. You know, not very aggressive, but her counter-striking was pretty dominant, I'd say. And then Knocked her down three, five times, man. Three rounds after that, uh, you know, just taking her down every single time. Seemed like it was, she was in full control. She did risk a couple arm bars, but... Seemed like she was comfortable, even though all her fans were kind of hand over their hearts, wondering what the fuck she's doing. With Amanda guards, had it yeah. under control. She escaped every armbar attempt, all three to four of them, and she ended up getting a 50-43 vote from one of the judges, which is insane. So what are we thinking about that fight? I personally thought it could have been a 50-45 if you really wanted it to be. I don't think there was a single round where Juliana Pena came even close to keeping it as a 10-9. Uh, yeah. So when DC said... It was the the fifty four to three was a joke. DC's an idiot. Like <laughs> I love watching DC, but that was so stupid. Like he's hey, you could hear him and Joe Rogan. They were so far off Juliana Pena's ass the entire fight. There wasn't a single thing Amanda Nunes did in that fight that wasn't just domination. She knocked yeah. her down five times, five to six times in two rounds, and then literally abused the life out of her on the ground. Yes, she got caught in a couple her of elbows. Her elbows were those crazy. were horrible, man. Oh my god, they were disgusting. Like, yeah, she was dribbling her head off the ground with her elbows. Could you imagine you make her from a minus 1,600 favorite to one loss? And you could watch Juliana Penny in that fight. She was horrible. Juliana Penny did not look good. And then you watch Amanda Nunes in the first round, and she destroyed her. Mm. And then, obviously, you have everything that happened with Amanda Nunes with her knee, with COVID going into that fight. Where I got canceled a couple times before the first fight. Um, Had a bunch of issues. She was talking about them. First time coming back down to 135 after a while, like, and then that you only make the, her a three to one favorite. Not even like, come on. She has the most wins in UFC history. Like, do we? Are we just gonna forget this? Is it by a woman? That. There's no way she's the uh, most wins in UFC history. Period. And and women's UFC history. Yeah. Okay, that would make sense. Yeah. Uh, with 15, and she has 12 in her in her division right now with in bantamweight. So I mean, she's the next up is 10 in that with Raquel Pennington. But all time, Nunes just six to cake. She just extended that extended that lead. Just don't understand those odds. Those odds are horrible. We yeah, jumped she was on like it. a minus two hundred. So. Minus two ninety closing. What are you doing? Like, <laughs> it's the dumbest thing. I actually saw so many people taking Juliana Pena too. It was ridiculous. It was genuinely yeah. ridiculous. Um, 
the Brandon Marino and Kaikara France fight was was also really nice. Beautiful I really fight. enjoyed that fight. That th- those last two fights to round out the card were what made it such an A tier card. Exactly. Uh, Moreno won uh, in the third round via TKO with the kicks and punches. Nasty, nasty liver shot. That was disgusting. Yeah, the aftermath of that was. You saw that the scarring on it, it wasn't even blood. That was horrible. Yeah. Um. Just a great performance. Um. The 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 aftermath where Figueredo comes on into the the octagon. I can't believe that. Figueredo always trying to steal the show, man. What is up? That dude, he's so so ironically hilarious. Because, unironic, I don't even know what the word would be for that. But it's just, he doesn't even know what he's doing. And he's just funny. It's it's the best part of it. His whole fucking squad right after Brandon Moreno (laughs) wins the the, the interim. And I'm just like, man, get the fuck off the stage. Yeah, (laughs) honestly. But it's going to be a good fight between them. Um, And they fought before, and it was so good, so. I'm excited for that. Fourth fight's going to be a banger. Can't wait for it. Sergey Pavlovich and Derek Lewis. Um, Derek Lewis, man, what the fuck? <laughs> a lot of people are upset because they said it was an early. Matchups. A lot of people are saying it was an early stoppage, but I think he was done for it regardless. He looked so bad, and he was getting pummeled. Um, whether he stopped it right there or not, I mean, you would have needed some crazy Derek Lewis miraculous shit. I mean, we've seen it before, but. I think he lost. He lost that fight no matter what. So stop bitching about the, the fucking early stoppage. Like Pavlovich, just I don't even want to give credit to Pavlovich. Derek Lewis is just getting caught a lot. Nah, nah, you can't do that. Come on, he got caught against what? Against uh, Tai Tuivasa, and then now yeah. Sergey Pavlovich. That's two losses. Like it's like that's whatever. I understand that he knocked out Chris Dawkins and he's knocked out Curtis Blades. Yes, I mean he was losing the Curtis Blades fight to be fair, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, bad uppercut against Curtis crazy shit. Disgusting, yeah. yeah. Um, the guy, the guy's not, I mean, he, again, he, like, he even admits it. He's not good. He is not a good fighter, but he's got power. The issue is they're putting him up against horrible matchups. Yeah. Uh, Taitui Vasa's chin is absolutely unreal. It's the Haka chin. It's literally, it's just unreal. Yeah. Um, and obviously he's got power. And then Polynesian Ser- chin is different. Literally. And then Sergey Pavlovich, his only loss was to Alistair Overeem. Closer into Alistair Overeem's prime. I think it was his UFC debut, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. And he lost to my ground and pound. The guy has, I don't know how many, but so many first round finishes. And he's six. He's, he was 15-1 going into that fight. Now 16-1. It's not a good matchup for Derek Lewis. He's bigger than him, taller than him. And he's a first round finisher after Derek Lewis just got knocked out. And you bring him back to Texas in his home state but, to get knocked out again. fighting in heavyweight. Yeah, heavyweight's always one shot. Yeah, of course. Yeah, so, so it's not like Pavlovich is some anomaly, dude. It's always going to be something similar. I mean, uh, unless, I mean, what you got to look like, at the matchups, though. It's going to happen. Like at some point or another, it has to happen. It's not like okay, let's just not put him up against somebody who's a one shot finisher because he's a horrible defender, and let's just try to like force a win for him against a great match. Like, you're not going to do that. Uh, they do sometimes. Though. They do that a lot actually to set people up, especially in their home state. So especially, well, I, I understand. Lewis, I understand. That. I I get. I get that they were fighting in Dallas and all that shit. But like, it's it's still heavyweight at the end of the day. Like, if you can't take it, you suck. Like, here's the issue though. You got to look at the rest of the matchups that they've given him, and and the rest of the matchups that could have happened for him. Sergey Pavlovich was so far down the rankings for, um, for Lewis to take when Lewis is at five. Pavlovich is at like eleven. You could have you could have actually waited and given Lewis. Jarzinho Rosenstrike, who's a good, he was a good kickboxer. He's been horrible in MMA, and he is not a pressure fighter at all. If anything, that that helps Lewis more than anything else. 
Chris Dawkins, who they gave him, and he knocked out, but they gave him into an empty arena, into inside the apex. So it was like an empty arena. Mm. That's a guy who he's not going to knock out Derek Lewis. He doesn't have the power. He has speed, but he does not have the power, and he's going to clearly fear the power of Derek Lewis. You have uh, Marcin Tabora, who is really not much of a threat anywhere, especially compared to Lewis. Uh, Romanov's a great wrestler. That would have been an interesting matchup. It would have been a very terrifying one for both of them. Uh, Shamil sucks. They could have given him Shamil. Augusto Sakai sucks, and Blagoy Ivanov sucks. It was literally like they they handpick horrible matchups for him in Texas when you want him to win. Like they're it's just bad matchup, bad making for him. Uh, I don't want to excuse anything. I think I'm not excusing anything. No, I'm just saying like it's. If the UFC wanted him to win, that was a horrible matchup for him to win. I get that. Yeah. But it's not the WWE we're talking about here. Yeah, like, but fuck, you, you got to understand the, you gotta understand the business aspect of it. They do that so much. They do it a lot. Well, yeah, I don't know. They gave Conor McGregor Cowboy Cerrone. They picked the highest-ranking garbage guy to fight Conor McGregor on his return day. He fought him at 170 because Conor McGregor didn't want to cut the weight back down at 155. But they made it a 155-caliber fight. They bring the num- number five rank guy from 155 and to fight the number three ranked guy in 155 conor mcgregor is different than Derek lewis that but here's the difference is Derek lewis in texas they always hype him up in texas there's a reason this card actually happened it's like when they uh, made Derek lewis versus cyril gone an interim title fight in uh i think it was august of last year yeah i remember I, I, I watched him. that like they had to hype it up and they had to add that bit of it and they could make Derek lewis main event was there. always gonna kick his ass exactly you ha- you can make a Derek lewis fight uh what's it called uh, in Texas, a pay-per-view main event, sometimes in that event, in that situation where you literally didn't have much other choice, that was it. But now, like, dude, you can't, like, you're they're just screwing him with that. I don't, I, don't get me wrong. I think he sucks. <laughs> but yeah. that, that's a horrible matchup for him for the UFC to put him into Texas again. Uh, I think Derek Lewis needs to get one of those head movement punching bags that come right back at you. Yeah. Practice with it a little bit. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Uh, that's not him, though. <laughs> Because <laughs> he's so he's so dumb. <laughs> like he's just I hate watching him fight. I'm sorry. Like I know I, I sound stupid because you know I sound kind of crazy because I'm not a fighter and I can't do what these guys. It's do. It's also Obviously. the guy with the most knockouts in UFC history. Period. I just hate watching him. Like he needs yeah. to. He, <laughs> He's granted his skill set a little bit, man. Granted, you've only watched like three of his fights. I think you did. You miss the Dawkins fight probably too. I don't know. I I. The most yeah. recent one was like a year and a half ago. Yeah, so you you've watched maybe three fights and they were all <laughs> where His he got worst abused. Yeah, three finishes. Like I mean, it's, it's unfortunate for you because like it's you don't get the whole Derek Lewis experience. But I think for his next fight, I think he'll get it. I think he's gonna have a really low matchup. I think it's gonna be Jarzinho or it's gonna I, be Plague. I hope he I hope he bounces back. Yeah. The rest of this card, I'm gonna read off the the results and then we'll point out anything notable. Um. Alexander Pantoja uh, defeats Alex Perez via second round or first round submission with a rear naked choke. Uh, Magomed uh, busts Uncle Anthony Ed. Smith's ass in, in, in the second round with a TKO. Love Magomed. Um, that was really good. Alex Morono defeated Matthew Semmelsberger. I love that fight. He, it was a unanimous decision, but that was a good fight. Uh, yeah, at the, very, Sem- at the very end, Semmelsberger went for it. Yeah, that was... It was an interesting fight. Uh, Drew Dober defeated Rafael Alves in the third round with a third round knockout. I I Loki knew that Dober would win. Um. But anyway, Hamdi Abdul Wahab 
defeats Dante ah, Maze guy, with a split decision. Guy, I was surprised Not by that. This guy, bro. Like, <laughs> what is he guy. even? What is he good at? Like, he had a lot of ground control in the last round, um, yeah. which helped him secure the win. Um, but I don't know. Like, I guess he has heart. <laughs> The issue is Dante Maze is much better than what he showed. He's not good, but he's better than what he showed. Hamdi's not the type of guy to lose to for him. This guy, it's gonna be fun to watch him no matter who he faces. He's just probably gonna lose soon. Yeah, uh, Drakkar Closa uh, defeats Rafa Garcia with unanimous with a unanimous decision. Yeah, that one was Michael Morales. Michael Morales defeats uh, Adam Fugit, whatever, however you pronounce his name. Yeah, third round TKO. Jocelyn Edwards defeats Ji Yeon Kim with a split decision. Uh, Nikolai Negri defeated uh, yeah, Ihor Potieria yeah. with a second round TKO. He's a Romanian top G guy, right? That was a banger Nikolai. of a fucking fight, man. Yeah, that was good. He, Oh my god, man. He, he couldn't defend himself against those knees. He put it on. I mean, he was hurt and then Nikolai just took advantage of it. Those knees were unreal. That was that's that's a good example of it was so smart in a good in a good situation. Quite literally. And then Orion Costa, uh versus Mike Mateta, Blood Diamond. Blood Diamond sucks. Oh, genuinely, he sucks. He should not be in the UFC. Yeah. Izzy hyped him up so much for nothing. Yeah. Um, notables, man. A lot of notables. I I really like the the Nikolai, the Romanian top G Andrew Tate guy, whatever the fuck. You want oh to call my god, him. that was a good fight. And Magomed. Ankalaev. There's a thing with that fight. Anthony Smith uh, broke his left uh, leg in, yeah. the, in the first round. It was, I think it was, a, it was off of his last... Like yeah, it was off of his last kick. He broke it uh, of the first round. And, well, that's a shame. He looked good, man. He looked good. He looked like he could have given Magomed a run for his money, to be honest. But, I mean, it, it was the only chance he had in round two after that was get on top or lose. And he tried. Couldn't do much of it, and well, that happened. Yeah. Well, UFC 277 was a good card. A great card. Um, Pantoja, man, man. Fuck, it's so unfortunate for him. Juan Soto going to the Padres was also, you know, shocking news for this morning, but also it was exciting. absolutely huge. And then you have Sean Watson. That whole news was that. That's like, honestly, if it gets extended, it'll be, it'll, it'll just be kind of uh, underwhelming, yeah. for Browns fans at least. If it doesn't get extended, you're going to have a lot more interesting end of season. Yeah, I agree. We'll have to see what happens with that because uh, their division with the Bengals and Ravens is a competitive one. So without Watson, I don't think they can compete. With that being said, that does round out our three news topics of the day for Boncourt Sports Talk. Uh, Boncourt Sports Talk is coming to you guys every Tuesday or Thursday um, You know, with the latest viral sports news or crazy shit going on or the UFC cards or during the football season recap those sunday night and monday night football games it'll be great so make sure you guys tune into these quick and easy tuesday and thursday boncourt sports talk Daka, you got anything else you want to say before we round it out tonight i'm chilling you guys just gotta watch these games now man these Padres games are about to be insane yes sir that dodger series make sure you guys tune in on august 5th with that being said we'll see you guys 